and welcome to The Long View. This is the podcast about stories of vocation and formation, and we're your hosts. I'm Jane Wassum. And I'm Tim Baumgartner. And today, our guest is Sally Biles. She's a local from here in Johnson City, Tennessee, and she is currently serving as the student director at Borderview Christian Church in Elizabethton, Tennessee. And she's, it's almost her one-year anniversary, coming up real soon. Congrats. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We would love for you to give us um, just a brief intro of your the story of your ministry over the last um, several years, really. Okay, well, I was born and raised in Johnson City, and I graduated from Science Hill High School. And upon graduation from Science Hill, I began working as a paid summer staff member at Appalachian Christian Camp. So I did a little bit of everything from cooking to cleaning to maintenance to Anything that makes a camp run. Um, That's how it works at Christian camps, right? You have oh, like yeah, a, you just pitch in. Everything, and, uh, other duties as assigned. Yes. It's like everything. Everything that needs to happen to make camp happen, I did. So then I um, enrolled at East Tennessee State University, um, where I was a member of Sigma Kappa sorority there, and I um, graduated with my bachelor's degree in social work. And so part of my ministry did include my role as a social worker. Um, I worked downtown at a local nonprofit for two years, um, serving um, as a social worker there, helping um, run a grant that helped individuals and families um, obtain energy assistance for their home, as well as help countless homeless people obtain identification, birth certificates, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of them, you know, just needed people to talk to, um, and they would come in and just that would be their community. So a lot of it was just interpersonal conversations that would happen, not necessarily having to meet a need, just being um, a pleasant face for them. Is that is that what you expected? I did not expect work? that yeah. as a social worker. I thought it was going to be a lot more rules and regulations. Logistics. Yeah, logistics, <laughs> and it turned out to be a lot more interpersonal relationships. Um, That's good. And so um, it was a very big blessing in my life, um, and I'm glad that it is part of my story. I then um, left there, and I went back to Appalachian Christian Camp and began serving as the guest relations coordinator um, out there, and so I kind of acted as a mediator between the summer staff, uh, counselors, volunteers, um, parents, anybody who would come on campus, that was kind of my role. Um, it's just to kind of be a welcoming face and kind of take care of the behind-the-scenes work um, so that ministry could happen. You yep. made all the connections. I made all the connections yeah. work. And What years were you there? I was there from 2016, and then I left really 2019, that okay. kind of area. Yeah. Um, and so I did a lot in those <laughs> yeah, several we, years. We have, yeah. Our kids have gone to camp during that time, too. Yeah, so that's sure. Um, I did forget that I served as a preschool teacher as well, um, <laughs> which okay. is a very big ministry. That is yes. that's <laughs> a tough one. It preschool. is very tough. We've been very thankful for our kids' preschool teachers. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> but that's I loved it, gift. and it was something that I did enjoy. And it was a very big ministry opportunity because a lot of the parents, you know, would come in and, need ministry um, individuals in their lives, you know, because they were going through hard stuff as parents. And it was just a good way to love on God's kids. And I loved it. I wish it paid more because I would <laughs> still probably be do- doing that. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which preschool was that? 
I was at First Christian in Johnson okay. City. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. My mom was the director there, mm-hmm. and so okay. um, it had always been kind of a part of my life, and so that's why I went there instead. And then after I left uh, camp, I then um, began as a middle school minister at a local church, but respectively had to step back because it was a lot for me to be in school and be a full-time yeah. minister. Yeah, it's yes. real hard. And so I respectfully stepped down from my position um, because it was just a lot, and I needed to focus on the future. And my degree was the most important thing to me at that time was to obtain that degree from Emmanuel. And so now I'm able to focus full-time in ministry as the student director at Borderview, and so it's been a lot easier not being in school right, and being able to be just a minister um, at church and not a student and a minister. Yeah, and what year did you graduate at Emmanuel? I graduated last year in okay. 2021, Okay, and I was the class that actually had our graduation at the baseball field. That's right, yeah. outside. So they threw that. a special first pitch, you oh. know, for that, so... <laughs> How was that? It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Good. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, a lot different. It was a lot different than, you know, Seeger. So, uh, you know, you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, working at the camp and doing uh, some teaching and ministry work. So what what was it uh, about sort of the life of ministry that was appealing to you? Why did you choose to, to go into ministry to begin with? So I would have to say that I don't know if I chose ministry But ministry kind of chose me. So I grew up attending First Christian in Johnson City. And so I spent countless hours there because my mom was on staff there. And so I filled a lot of various volunteer roles at the church. And so, you know, one of the volunteer roles that was the most meaningful to me and that impacted my life, probably in the greatest capacity, was when I served as a high school small group leader. And my small group kind of is the reason I enrolled at Emmanuel Christian Seminary at Milligan um, because they pushed me from being a volunteer each week to really wanting to do this full-time and wanting to know more to help them out. And so many individuals over the years had pushed me towards vocational ministry and you know, you'd be so good at this, and <laughs> you should do this full-time, and I'd always kind of brush them off and be like, no, I don't know if that's for me. When I finally did enroll, and I told these individuals, like, hey, I'm going to school for this, they'd be like, oh, that's such your calling. You said, you, like, nailed it on the head. You did such a good job, <laughs> and, but really, I would have to credit my small group girls as really? to really pushing me to go and be a part of this at Emmanuel because each Wednesday I would go I would leave there just with these individuals in my head and my heart and I just really couldn't you know get them out of my mind and they had really changed my life for the better and I realized in that group that so much of ministry is not just Sundays and Wednesdays um but it's a job that doesn't have set office hours. And so that's really why I feel like I didn't really choose ministry, but it kind of chose me. Yeah. Because I don't know if I would be where I am today if I hadn't had that same girls group. So it was it's all really, about the relationships. Yeah, I was going to say the friend that came out of those friendships, really. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And, I mean, we are still 
I was going to ask if you, do you still yeah, uh, communicate with I still with communicate with them, yeah. and they call me still, cool. even when they're going through crises and mm-hmm. just dealing with hard stuff. And I've seen them, you know, have babies and get married. And so it's crazy how it's come full circle. <laughs> yeah, they can have a big impact on you. That's really neat, yeah. Well, could you share with us your thoughts or definition on calling and vocation? How do you view that, or how would you talk about that and then the second question really is how do you think that has maybe changed over the years too yeah sure um so my definition of calling would be that it's a strong push to go into a particular direction kind of guided by the spirit and when I was about to graduate high school I felt a strong push to go into the field of medicine Mm -hmm. and I really think that came from a desire to help people and to help people get well. And, you know, I thought I would go to a university, take all the core classes, and then I would go and take all these specialty classes to get to the point of where I could enroll in medical school. And then when I got to ETSU, <laughs> I that changed. realized that after I took my first couple of medical classes, I was like, nope, <laughs> this is not for me. And... Not where I wanted to be in a couple of years, not what I wanted to do necessarily full time. So I ended up graduating with my bachelor's degree in social work because I thought, well, that's still a way I could help people. Sure, yeah. um, and I really enjoyed the classes that I took there, and it just seemed like it was a good fit for me to do that. And so I wanted to go to ETSU because I wanted that typical college experience. Okay. Um that my friends were having in college. You know, I really wanted to be in a sorority at ETSU. That was something that I really desired to do um, because my sister was in one and I knew what it meant to her and I really wanted that experience. I knew deep down that my path was going to eventually have me working in ministry (laughs) and getting paid for it, but I don't discount my time spent at ETSU at all because those were very formative years for my life and I know that if I hadn't had those experience I wouldn't be the person that I am today so I don't discount those at all yeah it shapes us in different ways mm-hmm. right very right, few right. of us actually have this career path or trajectory where we just follow the steps that are very logical that make sense to get to the position or the the role or the job sure. that we want usually this well, I did this, and then I took a left turn down this road a couple of years later and sure, wound sure. up, you know, doing ministry in some way Yeah, that you didn't expect. Well, that's interesting that you say that because now, you know, I get to minister to women on a daily basis um, who are in the sorority because I serve as an advisor for okay. them. And so that has given me the opportunity to minister in places that others haven't been able to. And so it kind of gave me an opportunity to love those and minister to those that God had already put in my path. And I really feel like that's really continuing to this day, that that's something that has been really important to me, is I think ministry across the seas is important, and I think local ministry is important. But God really called me to just love the people he's already put in my life um, very strongly. So, you know, when I signed up to attend Emmanuel, one of the things that I was concerned most about was, how am I going to afford this financially? <laughs> so, yeah. You got to pay for most it. Yeah. Of us are I was like, oh. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
And so I started having second thoughts, like, is this really for me? Because this is a lot of money that I'm getting ready to fork over if I'm not all in. I was really blessed one afternoon. I was driving through town, and I just pulled up to this store, and I was about to go in, and my phone rang, and it was somebody from Emmanuel, and um, she called me and said, hey, I just want to let you know that I – I got you a scholarship. I was like, okay, great. I was thinking like $500, you know? I was yeah. like, this will cover books. And yeah. I was like, this is going to be fine. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, great. Like, is that really for me? Like, am I still able to do this or should I just leave now? And then she told me the amount and I was like, oh, okay. Um, they were covering like almost the full amount of my schooling. Wow. I only had to pay like... $300 or something ridiculous to That's go to really school. Good. And uh, I was like, talk about God reaffirming your call. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was literally, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And that was a big factor for me on whether or not to go. Right. It's expensive. It's, a big it's expensive and it's a big commitment. And I remember Dr. Selby in um, one of our classes, Spiritual Formation, he made us write an autobiography at the very beginning. And I wrote in that essay, my goal upon graduation from Emmanuel was to be employed um, in a Christian church in the area as a youth minister. And I know that was going to be difficult as a woman mm-hmm. to be in yeah. East Tennessee as a female mm-hmm. in youth ministry. And, you know, that's my current position right now. And so I do have that uh, in the mountains of East Tennessee. But I still do feel um, a slight push to do chaplaincy work um, in the community because I fell in love with chaplaincy work um, when I did a training program at the Department of Veterans Affairs as part of my degree completion. So I'm not saying that that's not where I'm going to eventually be, but right now this is where I'm at. And so it's kind of (laughs) crazy where I've been and where I'm headed. So. And chaplaincy kind of pulls together the, you know, the social work as well as, you know, the ministry too, so it, it does yeah and that's actually one thing i had to learn in chaplaincy was which role are you playing while yeah, you're there are you the social worker are you the minister yeah. are you just the friend so it it was a lot of form formation for me formative yeah. time yep doing chaplaincy work the va that can be pretty tough i loved it though yeah i did my uh chaplaincy work at the va too in seminary I did oh, really? as well. My first uh, CP unit was at the VA. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. That's awesome. We all have something in common. Well, you uh, you said that you felt um, you, were, you struggled a little bit with knowing what it, if it was the right step for you or not, but then you got this phone call about the scholarship and the quantity of question to begin with. And So what, what have been the times when you have struggled with your vocation and uh, what doubts have you had about sort of being called into ministry? And, sure. and then to follow up, how have you found hope in the midst of, of all of that doubt or struggle? So I really struggled a lot at first with my vocation as thinking, I'm going to school, I have to have this one clear path. Because everybody else has this one clear path. Of, <laughs> or we think that way. We think, We're like, they think yeah, everybody does. Think everybody really, does. Yeah. None yeah. of us do. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> of what I was going to do with my life. Yes. And, you know, it's like when you enroll in education, it's like you're going to be a teacher. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, when you go to nursing, you're going to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you go to ministry school. You have no idea what you're going to do. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. I'm just in it. I'm just here. 
I heard there was good snacks, and so I signed up and I came. <laughs> That's why. Kind of like today with the truffles. Yes, we had truffles <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, the truffles. Yeah, yes. but. You know, I think that's the biggest struggle that I had was, what do I do? Like, I'm here, yeah. and, you know, do I have to have one clear pass now that I'm in school? And so I think that that's part of why I was, like, in my autobiography statement was, I'm going to be a youth minister when I graduate, because I thought I had to have one clear pass when I sure. graduated. Okay. Um, and so I learned throughout my time at Emmanuel that that was not true, that I could do other stuff, but that's where I started. And so, you know, since graduating and being in ministry full-time, I've really kind of cultivated the fact that I can do a lot of different things with my degree. That ministry, you know, is unique. It's a unique field. It doesn't always have to look normal to be ministry. You know, I think a lot of times we think about youth ministry and music ministry and pulpit ministry and camp ministry, but, you know, I really applaud those who are doing ministry in everyday work. Uh, One of my best friends is a teacher, and I love watching her just do that in her classroom, you know, how she can in the ways that she is able to. Like I said, ministry is unique and it doesn't always have to look like normal ministry because one of the greatest ministry opportunities I ever had, I feel like, came at camp over grilled cheese sandwiches and Uno cards. <laughs> and I feel like that was one of those times where it kind of reaffirmed why I'm doing what I'm doing as well. And so I think when you hear the word doubt in kind of the Christian realm, many people fear that word because yeah. mm-hmm. it's one of those words that you're like, oh, you're losing your face right. uh, in the Lord. They think of it ne- in a negative way. In a negative yeah. way instead of a positive way because I don't necessarily think doubt is a bad thing to have. True. Because yeah. I feel like the times that I've doubted, it's launched me to have deeper faith, and it hasn't been so much a negative thing for me. It's been more of like, well, I doubt if I can learn the Hebrew alphabet and all this Hebrew. So I'm going to study that much harder to learn this. And, of course, I learned it because I passed and got my degree. But, you know, or when I've doubted in my faith, it's made me desire Christ more um, because I've wanted to go back to the Word and be like, this is what it says, and this is why we do what we do. And... I think I've struggled a lot with, am I qualified to do this work? <laughs> yeah, and imposter syndrome a little bit. I think we all, yeah. we all have that. It yes. is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I kind of hold on to is that God doesn't really call the eclipse, but he eclipses the called. And so the times that I've needed arsenal, God's really provided that for me and I've done some things in my ministry that I wouldn't have been able to do, I don't think, and I can only point it back to that was God that did that. Mm -hmm. And I think the ways that I've been able to push forward and find hope through doubt is just through Christian community. Um, I have the opportunity each week to attend a Bible study with some really raw and beautiful women and real women, and, you know, they've encouraged me um, and uplifted me when I've had these heavy doubts 
in my ministry and the work that I've been called to do. And so I think it's really important to find Christian community and whatever that looks like for you. And, you know, they because they're still journeying with me through my doubts as a minister, and I feel as though it's a safe place for me to process life as well. And it's outside of my church, and so okay. I think that that helps too is, like, to find a group yeah. that's really mm-hmm. separated Different. from yeah. your vocation and your job and to just find a group that you can really truly be real with about your doubts, your struggles, your joys. Um, and one of the things I also found to be very helpful um, is I use my advisor a lot at school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't necessarily use their advisor unless, like, they're going to sign up for classes and you have to have them sign off so you can register for your classes. Yeah. But I found myself using my advisor more in school and she gave me a lot of hope and encouragement in the process throughout school um she encouraged me through the entire thing and you know she told me and I've really carried this with me she said you know there'll be hard days in ministry days where you won't want to show up days where it will just be impossible and you think why am I doing what I'm doing Mm mm-hmm and she said to me, but never forget what your first love was in ministry. Like, what drew you to this field? And I would give that same advice to anyone who's pursuing any career is, you know, you're going to have hard days in teaching. You're going to have hard days in nursing. So, you know, why did you pursue that career in the what first place? The what got mm-hmm. you there? And I've kind of carried that with me on those days that have seemed really hard is, I look back and I look back at these women's faces that really drew me here and it's kind of given me a hope to keep going when things have been tough in ministry. Yeah. Because they do get tough. Yeah. They do. Yeah. (laughs) I have a, I want to follow up a little bit. You talked about how in the very beginning when you're in seminary, you feel like there was this career path that you were supposed to follow. Sure. But then at some point that changed and kind of opened up for you a little bit. So what, what was it about uh, seminary or about just the stuff you were studying or maybe it was your small group? What was it about that that sort of uh, kind of gave you permission maybe or made you, made you feel free to be able to, hey, it doesn't quite have to be this, these steps I can follow. It's more fluid and organic than that. Yeah, I think a lot of that actually came when I worked at camp. Okay. And I saw a lot of people who were in non-ministerial fields being – counselors out there Mm -hmm. in the summer Uh and just how I got to hear their stories of faith and how they're incorporating their faith into what they do on a day-to-day basis and so I think that for me was really kind of a shift in my thinking as well as you know just some of the classes that I was taking um a lot of them were like the leadership classes that Dr. Selby was teaching and you know, he kind of helped us not really see that you have to be in music One ministry kind. or you have yeah. to be in youth ministry. or You but have you're, to work for a church to be a minister. Right, yeah. but that you're able to do lots of things with your degree. And here's some steps in how you can do it. So it was partly hearing other people's stories. That's pretty yeah, neat. Um, that's helpful. And, yeah, actually, I was thinking the same thing that you were t- <laughs> Like, I was going to go back to that as that's well. Good. 
Um, because yeah, I wanted to just highlight that fact um, of coming to that point of seeing that maybe it's not so cookie cutter of a you know process or following God's calling and leading in our lives because uh, that really doesn't I don't think that helps anyone really the church right. us I agree uh, so I think that's really neat to hear that in your story and to hear that you know maybe well God is doing new things different things and kind of opening us up to that possibility that that's how God is leading us as well in our lives sure. um, to different things. And it's kind of interesting that the thing that I want to try to pursue in the future now was the thing that I was most scared about coming <laughs> yeah. to seminary yeah. was I looked at my advisor straight in the face and I was like, we have got to figure out something. I don't know if I can do chaplaincy work. Like yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I'm, I love people. But I can't do that. But I don't know if I can do that. Like, right. I don't know if I can physically be in those rooms. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even, like, not knowing what to say. It's just the physical aspect yeah. of going into the hospital. Right. It's a big mm-hmm. change. And she was like, I think you're going to be fine. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know about this. So the first day I showed up, I was scared to death. Yeah, like, yeah. it Because is I was being launched into this new, really fearful territory for me. And I was like... I got well. I gone and visited people in the hospital all my life, you know, as part mm-hmm. of church stuff and family stuff. Right. But That's I don't different. know; it was just different. It's yeah. a lot different on that end. And yeah. when I showed up, I was scared, and it's kind of crazy how like the thing that I was most scared about ended up being something at the end I loved the most. Right. Yeah. And That's I'm like, cool. I want to pursue this, and I want to do this in the future. And it's crazy how God works. Yeah, I've, I can identify some of that, too, because I felt that way going into that first unit of CPE in the VA, and just it was a struggle with that pastoral identity and that pastoral authority because I had not, you know, it was kind of a foreign thing right. to step into that role right. because I had kind of mainly done other types of ministries as well and not really, you know, hadn't learned to kind of take that on or be assertive in that way. Um, and so that was really a journey for me as well, starting in that in those hospital rooms. Um, well, we'd love to hear about some of your hopes and dreams for ministry and good work. Um, you know, maybe including you know having coffee and truffles in a podcast, which I know we've done today. So <laughs> hey, you can check that off your list. It's one of our uh, hopes it. and dreams, but <laughs> coming true today. I love it. Um, Really how I would answer this question is it's hard to define success in ministry and what (laughs) does success look like for you and what does success look like for your church. And I think for me just personally is my hope is that I can just be a change maker in this world, just make a difference and hopefully let God get the credit in what happens. And so I think for me... That's kind of my hope is that people can see Christ inside of me and just desire to follow him and then make that difference in their own lives. Um, You know, and we all have different areas that we get to impact based on our circles of influence and where we've grown up and what we get to do. I just try to make the most of every opportunity that I'm given. And so it's my hope that when I get kind of to the end of my life that I will get to 
have people say at my funeral, you know, that I cared about them and that I loved them and loved them well. And, you know, I think good work is simple. It's loving God and loving people. And so that's kind of my hope for my ministry is just to kind of love people um, in the places that they're at because you have people coming in all different kinds of situations, scenarios. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no cookie-cutter ministry, no no Band-Aid fixes for ministry. And so it kind of goes back to that whole learning people's stories Um, because I think the times that I've been able to minister the most effectively to people has been when I've learned their stories and realized, okay, well, this person has dealt with this, and so how can I approach their story with the utmost respect and love that I can. And so it's it's hard to define the success in yeah. ministry. Well, I yeah. think that's a good definition, to, mm-hmm. just to love others well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so as you're thinking about um, your different roles and as you've made shifts from teaching, working at the camp, and going to seminary and youth ministry, how did you make those decisions? What is your sort of process of discernment, and how do you yeah, uh, sure. How do you make those tough decisions? I spend a lot of time in prayer over the decisions that I make for my life and ministry. I don't really approach anything lightly. I also run ideas by my best friend <laughs> for ministry. And, you know, we discuss many things going on in my ministry together. And so I think it's important to have someone you can bounce off ideas with and someone you trust in your life to be able to go to and be like, what do you think about this? And so, you know, and work through those decisions together. I would think that the biggest thing, though, is just I spend a lot of time in prayer, really. And a lot of times I will spend time in prayer away from the places that are familiar to me. So I won't go to, like, my house or I won't go to, like, the coffee shop down the street or, you know, somewhere that I'm at church But I'll, like, physically, like, go somewhere. Like, I'll drive somewhere and, you know, park there for a little while and just kind of take all the sights and sounds in as well as pray and just kind of listen to what is going on in that space. So I think it's important to, like, remove yourself from the familiarities of life if you're really going to make big decisions that impact your life mm-hmm. and your ministry. And gain a different perspective on things. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Have you had ex- an experience where you were, you know, maybe either second-guessing something or between things, and uh, what helped you kind of make a, make decisions in those moments? Yeah, so um, several years ago, actually, my grandmother had passed away, and Rome Mountain was a place that was really near and dear to her heart and she had hiked up there and Mm -hmm. just had a love for nature up there and so there was a decision I was making about my next step in ministry um so I just decided I'm gonna go up to you know Rome Mountain and just spend a little time you know up there and just see like clear my head makes me think of the song go up to the up to the mountain Patty Griffin sings it but I I mean I don't think it's her song but anyway right she does I don't know I don't know that song (laughs) <laughs> but if you'd Go like ahead. to start you went singing, up to the mountain. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be mad. But I went up to that mountain, and I just kind of sat in my car, and I ate lunch up there for a minute, and I took my Bible up there, and I didn't ever 
opened my Bible. I just kind of sat the, sat up there and just listened. With you. Yeah. And I just remember, I don't want to say feeling the presence of her, but just kind of feeling this like overshadowing like calmness when I was up there. That because I was talking out loud and I was like praying out loud and like Lord, give me a sign like that you're gonna you want me to go this way or you know that you want me to go in this direction um, for my job and it just kind of was like a calmness that kind of swept over me up there mm-hmm. that I just knew like that's what I was supposed to do next is just to take this position take this job even though I had my doubts and even though I yeah. had my fears and you know what if I'm not doing the right thing and it's just it was just a weird experience it was just kind of a the wind was kind of blowing and it was just a calmness that was up there that was just a piece that just kind of surpassed all understanding in that moment that just came over my life and I just almost feel like it was like my grandmother was just kind of like there with me and just kind of in these decision making that I was having as well that's neat that's That's a good place to go Uh, so you talked a little bit before a couple great just words of advice or encouragement uh, about you know maybe having a small group outside of your church or just community you've talked about that but what you know a few things of encouragement do you have for others who are listening to staying open to God's leading in their life I guess the best advice that I would have is to listen to the ways in which God and the spirit are leading you and to really active listen to those places, um, you know, and be open to a different path, even if it's different than the one that you envisioned for your life, and to just try it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have to do that forever. Right. But mm-hmm. that you can start there, and then if you end up hating it, you can always find something else to do. Because, um, like I said, you know, I've learned over the years that ministry has so many different roles and there's so many different ways that you can minister and that surely there's something out there that will fit something that you love um i love photography and that's something that i enjoy doing and i enjoy taking pictures and traveling and so i've been able to you know use my photography to minister to other people where i've taken pictures or and i've sold them and, like, giving the money to other, like, mission organizations that I support. And so, you know, there's ways that you can get plugged in that will fit your needs and fit your interests. Yeah, I think that would be this, my best advice. Yeah, a lot of times we have this idea that if I take this job, that's it forever. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I will always do this thing. And, sure. and that's, that rarely happens that people just stick with a job until they retire. Yeah. Uh, Especially like, now. Yeah, like... like Three, four. When my ten parents were growing careers. up, then that yes, was more, that was yeah. more of the thing. But mm-hmm. now that I'm out here in the field, like I've learned that a lot of people are not really sitting in the same place mm-hmm. that they've sat their whole no. life, and and that's okay. And that's yep. okay. In a lot of ways, it you know provides new perspective, and mm-hmm. different people can come right. in and do things in a fresh new way or a more unique way. So yeah, and being love, flexible. Yeah, and I love that you said that about sort of trying something. You know, just sort of. Uh, taking those steps and trying something and seeing, you know, because I think that's a really great way to approach things. Yeah, it's really helpful uh, advice. 
So, uh, well, thank you for hanging out with us today. Well, yeah, I've loved every minute, even the truffles. Time, <laughs> even the truffles, yeah. <laughs> it's been really fun. Yeah, it's good to, I feel like we, uh, I think we may have crossed paths at Camp ACC I'm a sure. long I believe time we did. ago. A long yeah. time ago. It was, so yes. this has been really fun. It has been nice reconnecting and, yeah. and going so, along on this journey. So Speaking of journey, so we like to, to <laughs> close you for our, a that's a great segue. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we, we usually close our, our time together with a prayer or, uh, or a poem. And uh, the poem that, that Jane chose us for, for us today is by Mary Oliver called The Journey. Oh, that's perfect. Yep. See, you didn't even know. I didn't even know. <laughs> yep. So we'll, we'll start off with, uh, or we'll close out with this, um, The Journey by Mary Oliver. One day, you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice. Though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the rug, the, t- the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations. Though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough and a wild night. And the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voice behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds. And there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world. Determined to do the only thing you could do. Determined to save the only life that you could save. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sally, for joining us today. It's been great to connect with you. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun today here at the Inner Year House. And we wish you well in your life and your ministry. And we can't wait to hear how things are going next year. Thank you so much. Thanks.